Welcome to Coaching for Potential with Rory Rowland. Join national presenter and consultant Rory Rowland as he discusses another aspect of powerful coaching and how it transforms people to improve your organization. Uh, good morning. We're here with Glenn Alman again. He was a, uh, a physics student in college. He went on and got a master's degree in systems engineering. And since then, he has been managing high-tech projects that are both mission critical and high risk. And a lot of us are facing things that are high risk and managing our career. So, Glenn, glad to have you here this morning. Roy, thanks very much for having me. It is my pleasure. And we were talking before we got started here this morning about, you know, how do you identify potential? Because this is a program called Coaching for Potential. And so, how do you identify potential? And you had some great insights into that, uh, working with some folks that you'd help mentor and help them be successful. Yes. Um, at starting with uh, with kind of my life changing experience at at Rocky Flats, which was in our our previous podcast, I had a, a woman, mm-hmm. Sarah, and she was a, a new grad and uh, had um, an engineering degree and had come to us looking for a job because we were always hiring lots of people. And um, the HR people would probably have told me that, well, she doesn't have any experience doing what, what you want to do. But when I met her, it was very clear that she was asking technical questions about the job and what her role would be. But she was also asking, how can I learn? What, what is here in this organization that will enable my learning to, to do more jobs and to do broader work? Uh, so how, she's, she was interviewing me, actually to say, Glenn, how are you going to help me grow uh, in mm. my profession and how are you going to help me grow in my ability to manage others because you're hiring me as a sole con- or an individual contributor, but um, some people like that for their whole career, but I don't want to do that. I want to, I want to lead others. Uh, her husband was an active Army guy at the time, so she knew those, those notions of, of leadership. Um, so I hired her and uh, put her to work and – on, on the job that she was capable of doing, but she would come to me periodically, you know, every couple of weeks and go, okay, I've got, I've got this under control now. Uh, what, what can I do next? What, what, what challenge can I take on with your help? Uh, so it was, it was such a pleasure having her challenge me to help her that she essentially became kind of our star student there. Uh, and at the moment, uh, Sarah is a is a senior manager at a local uh, high tech firm here in Denver, uh, who progressed much faster than I ever would have or could have because I think I actually contributed to letting her do what she does best, and at the same time coaching her on how to do that, not in a command way, but just in the suggestions and giving her opportunities. And that's now changed how I interact with people who have good potential. But I recognized her potential because she was actually interviewing for the future, not just the job that she was going to get. She she wanted to be better, and she was asking me, how are you going to help me be better? And I said, I'm going to hire you because you're going to make me better. Absolutely. And that's what we're looking for, those people that have that drive, that ambition to go that next step and really ask those tough questions, both of us, and make us pause. I love the folks who, you know, ask me questions and and make me pause. So in that, she progressed in her career, 
And so what are some of the steps or strategies you used in order to get her from where she was to where you wanted to get her? How did you coach her towards success and get her to her full potential? Well, my, my, my experience is, and it's certainly not, not uh, you know, I'm, I would never call myself a professional coach, but for anybody who comes and, and, and shows interest in, in being a real, a real contributor is to have them be a contributor to the vision and to the mission. And rather than having that mission and vision flow down to, to the staff, and we have a lot of staff that we work with that that's, that's absolutely necessary. Somebody at the end of the day actually has to do the work. But to have, find, find people who are interested in enhancing the vision and, and further clarifying what the mission is, as well as doing their job. Um, and so they, they buy into the mission and the vision and they become an owner of that and therefore they become a contributor to that. And as time goes on, they then take on that role of defining the mission and the vision and they become the leader. And then as consultants or, you know, contracts for hire, we can move on and they're now in charge of things. But they did it from the bottom up by asking those questions. How can I make this place better? How can I do my job better? And and that was the key with Sarah was clearly she had that owner mindset. She wanted to take responsibility. How can I make the organization better? Once you saw that potential, you said, hey, I can work with this person. And now her career has progressed, you know, just greatly. She's just so far along the path now uh, in her career. I think that is absolutely terrific. So we talked about earlier, you know, grow the ones who can grow. So what are some of the challenges in organizations um, where they, uh, you know, they, they can't grow or things like that? But you said grow the ones you, that you can grow. What do you mean by that? Well, here's, here's kind of a criteria for, for identifying them. Um, this, at, at, our, at, our, at our previous job that we, we talked about at Rocky Flats, we came across a book, uh, John Katzenbach, J-O-N Katzenbach, about the wisdom of teams. And he defines a team, as we all know, as a, as a, a small group of qualified individuals who hold each other mutually accountable for a shared outcome. So when I see a person that's on our team who wants to be held accountable for their success and wants to hold others accountable for their success, that is, wants to be on a team, sports teams do this, Navy SEAL teams do this, very successful business teams do this, that person stands out as the potential to grow because it's not about them. It's about the team, or it's about the group, or it's about the mission. And the individual contributors, that is about them. They're very important. They're, they're, they're absolutely needed. But they become singularly focused on their outcomes and not necessarily the bigger picture. So Sarah was one of those people that would say to me, how can I, how can you make, Glenn, how can you make me accountable for bigger things? And then we would have a nice discussion about that. Well, um, I want you to look after this job. I want you to go clean up this mess. And if you need any help, please engage me. Please engage your fellow employees on that, too. And she took off with that. She learned to be a leader of teams. And this was in the days when there weren't a lot of women leading 
big big projects, but the place that she works at now, probably half the people in her discipline are women, including the CEO of a $180 billion company is a woman. So uh, she she was she was destined for success, um, but uh, so I I was essentially her coach. I wasn't her manager. I was just her coach. Excellent. But I love the point that you said there for teams to be uh, mutually accountable for a shared outcome, and I think that's the ultimate in an organization is to you know have that shared team experience, almost that almost that peer pressure of each of us are pushing each other to be the best that we can be so we can hold up our end of the deal and to help yes, and, be successful. And the key there, at least from, from how I have been mentored and coached, is when the leader makes the announcement, we're going to do this, then it's command and control. Um, mm-hmm. It still may be successful. You know, it happens all the time. But when the leader says, and, 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 I, and I think I did this many times with Sarah, Sarah, here's our mission to do something, and here's our vision of what the benefits are. Let's talk about this as a team of how we can get there because I don't have the solution to get there, even though I may have actually the solution to get there, but I'm not right. going to tell them what to do. I'm going to ask them, let's work on this together. And if they go off track, I could ask a little Socratic question. You know, if I were you guys, I wouldn't do that. I mean, I've had bad experiences doing that in the past. Maybe you can make it work, but I was never able to make it work. And then they would think about it. And Sarah was one of those kind of people who always considered the opinions of others as equal in the beginning, no matter what, how kind of a cockamamie idea it was. Oh, that's an interesting idea. Let's, let's test that idea a little bit. So she responded to being coached rather than being managed. And um, it was clear that, that she she wanted to be coached rather than being told. She wanted to be a participant rather than just being a follower. And uh, that was I, – I enjoyed working with her, and now uh, she has actually hired me back as, as a support for her team at this large company to uh, come back. So she's done so well that she can now hire me back. Um, so I, she's, I, my, she's my shining star here. I love that. And, and it's so incredibly gratifying. That's what geeks me up about this business is to help people grow and to grow beyond what I might have perceived them to be and what they perceive themselves to be. But I love the fact that you said she responds to coaching uh, because I always tell my clients, children love to learn. They hate to be taught. Adults love to discover they hate to be told. And the key to your success with Sarah was you were allowing her to discover she responded to that coaching because that you'd allowed her to think about how would I solve this? How would I do this? And then she had that ownership and that process, and that was incredibly profound for everyone. She succeeded. She was a shining star. And now, because she's a shining star, you're getting other consulting projects in addition to that. So it was a it was a win 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 all the way around. And I just love that story in that regard. Yes, and I I think we've 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 we have uh, you know young adult children, and and I look back at, at my experiences as a parent, and I thought I've actually learned a lot more from them than, than maybe they've learned from me because they've they we we let them fail, we let them you know break bones. Uh, you know, not too bad, but we've let them right. make very serious mistakes. 
because we learned that the, the cost of making a mistake when you're young is minuscule compared to the cost of making a mistake when you're 30. Um, so I, right. I try to, I try to manage my, my people that way. You know what, what's, that, that doesn't sound like, I, I would never tell them, that doesn't sound like a good idea. I would tell right. them, or I do tell them, let's try that. Let's try a little bit of that and see how it turns out. And when it fails, it's their failure. It's not me telling them you shouldn't have done that. They now learn. Oh, right. Why didn't Glenn tell me I shouldn't have done that? Well, because I wanted you to learn that that wasn't the way to do it. And then they'll pass that on to their people or their children uh, or their employees in the same way. Let people learn. Let people fail small. Um, but, you know, I don't want to spend a half a million dollars to learn to, that I shouldn't have done that. But I could spend $3,000 to learn that, you know, on a project not to do that because that's called lessons learned. And I think we've lost that in our modern world. We don't write down the lessons learned and pass those forward. We we have to learn from scratch all the time. So that was another learning that we did at, at our Rocky Flats is we had a formal lessons learned program. When something goes wrong, write that down so other people will know not to do that again. Excellent. Yeah, I, I love that concept of lessons learned. And and that's why Sarah's successful, because she was able to kind of catalog that in her own mind. I tried this, I tried that, it didn't work. And by you asking her the questions, how do I, you know, how's the best way to proceed, or what do you think is the best way to go about this, clearly letting her drive the process, and you kind of watching it from the sideline to say, and then maybe be a little guardrail here and there, but I think that's the key to success in the process. Yes, and those guardrails are set up by governance processes, so they're not you know, I would I was always I would always have an out. You know, well, the rules say of the federal acquisition regulations, you can't do this, but it doesn't tell you what to do. By the way, it just tells you what you can't do. So, Sarah, right. don't go outside the white lines. Keep it inside the white lines, but go try something, and we can right. always we can always recover. It's not a problem. Right. Just don't break any laws. Exactly. Keep it inside the 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 guardrails in that process, and so. Uh, what was the, with working with Sarah and helping her get to the success that she was, what's thing, one thing that you learned from it or one insight that you'd have to help people you know, find that, that potential star and help them grow? What's one thing that you would share with people as kind of the last thought on that? Is that one, well, that one nugget that you learned from, from working with her and helping her? Well, to, to, to recognize, so, so probably, so I would say there's, there's, there's two questions there. So recognize her. It was, it was, I'm thinking back, it was actually kind of this aura about Sarah. She was enthusiastic. She was realistic in her enthusiasm. You know, she wasn't, it wasn't unbridled enthusiasm. You know, I, I, we, we come across a lot of technically, oh, I want, I want to work here and eventually I want to be the CEO. So actually the mm -hmm. CEO doesn't like his job. You don't want to be the CEO. <laughs> that, that's a horrible job. Right. Uh, so, but, that they have a little twinkle in their eye and goes, I, I want, I want to get better under your stewardship. And that was mm -hmm. kind of Sarah's message. Glenn, I want you to help me learn how to do this job better. And, and Sarah didn't even know what that meant. I mean, she didn't even know what the jobs were because we had lots of jobs for her. And I thought, you are a learning individual and you actually told me I want to learn. And, you know, learning is not, learning is, different than training. People are highly trained, but they're not learners. And some people are very good learners, but they're not good technical people. But Sarah was both, 
and I recognize that in the interview, and I certainly recognize that in the couple of weeks of onboarding that we did, that she wanted to learn. She had a burning passion to learn how to do things that she didn't know how to do. And that has continued on into her senior director role now. You know, this is what, 2004 was when she was with me, and now she's a senior director at a very large high-tech company. And I'm sure she passes that on to her people as well because she's a learning mm-hmm. individual. I, I love that, yep. Uh, children love to learn. They hate to be taught. Adults love to discover. They hate to be told. And Sarah was one of those that truly highlighted that uh, from that perspective. So, um, yeah, she always wanted to get better. And you said, hey, I want to help someone who wants to get better get better. So you recognized her potential and helped coach her there. So I think that's a great example of, of what we're looking for in this podcast, Glenn. So I just want to say thank you for being here today and offering your time and your expertise. You've truly expanded my perspective of both the Rocky Flat story, but also your story of helping Sarah. So thank you for being on the on the podcast today, Glenn. Well, thank you very much for inviting me, and, and uh, we'll thank the serendipity that we met randomly on the plane. Absolutely. I think it's absolutely terrific. Thank you for being here. Listening to Coaching for Potential with Rory Rowland. Join us next time for another discussion about the power of coaching. This has been a KCTK production produced by Paul Lavoda and Rory Rowland. For more information and content, visit RoryRowland.com.